Please be seated. Darken the lights. Roll tape. Here's a little t-ball game for you. All that because a 13-year-old caught a strike a ball. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Because this is real. You can go to YouTube. There, there's like hundreds of these. This is like kids, like six, seven years old, playing t-ball. And the parents are having a slugfest because they're so filled with rage because a 13-year-old umpire made the wrong call. Today, we're going to be talking about anger, and it's an exhaustive subject. There's 366 mentions, I think, in the Bible. Um, we can't do all of them today, but we're going to focus on Proverbs because we're in Proverbs. Um, and hopefully, we're going to learn some wise things from Proverbs that will help us to avoid that. Help us avoid seething and bitterness and erupting and all those things. Um, not just tell us, don't be angry, but how we can... Uh, overcome our anger in Jesus' name. All right, so in Proverbs, you know we've been studying, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked how there are two women in Proverbs, two women. Uh, so they have names. The first one is Wisdom, and the other woman in Proverbs is named Fool or Folly. Wisdom and Folly. And what's amazing is both these women call out, all you who are simple, all of you who lack judgment, come to me. So it's, you're being called to wisdom or to folly, to follow the Lord or to follow a fool. And hopefully in Proverbs, we learn wise sayings that help us walk in the ways of the Lord and not pierce ourselves with many griefs. So let's get into it. Um, first thing I want to tell you is... Uh, pastors get a lot of emails and sometimes they're the nice attaboys the little you know cards that are so sweet and y'all if you buy me a card buy me a 29 cent one I don't need a 4.99 one okay I don't need that save that money give it to the poor just a note card um, but we have some humdingers I think Miss Annette has hidden those notes I've gotten I've got notes and emails and let me just say bless their heart they have called me every name and, and honestly some of, sometimes I deserved it Fair enough? Hey, if I mess up, I'll, I'll fall on my sword and say, guilty as charged. A couple times in 30-some years, I've done something like, oh, quick. And I get called out on it, and people nail me. There are other times where I just feel like pastors uh, are kind of like Christians, because we are Christians. Pastors and Christians are like golf balls. And golf balls, what do you do with a golf ball? You tee it up, and you smack it. See, the thing is, a golf ball can't hit back. A golf ball just receives. And it's really the same for believers. Jesus says, forgive 70 times 7. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. In Romans 12, God says, hey, 
Don't seek revenge. Vengeance is mine and mine alone. Allow me to work justice. So I want to say that while I have been recipient of a, a bunch of doozies, whoo, my word. I was going to show them on the screen, and I thought that would not be edifying. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, the point is not how many people have written me nasty emails. I'm sure if you are in business or in the public, you've gotten some real scorchers, right? You have? Yeah, me too. But the point really isn't to look at those folks over 30 years who send nasty grams. The point is really to look inward. As Christians, it says, let judgment begin with the household of God. And so I realize I've told this story. I mean, this is the problem. If you stay at Church of the Holy Spirit five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're going to hear the same story three or four times. And I, sometimes I feel guilty about that, but I'm like, hey, we celebrate Columbus Day once a year. So if we do that, Columbus Day, who cares? Could we not, sorry if I offended somebody, could I not use the same story once a year? I think so. And so, um, again, there's righteous and unrighteous anger. We'll get to that. Righteous and unrighteous anger. And I really don't need to look back 30 years to see an example where I had unrighteous anger. I've lost my temper with the vestry and had to apologize to each one of them. Just like a little two-year-old erupting because I didn't get my way. Yeah, sinner, did you know that? But the, 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 the event I was really thinking of is perfect for Father's Day is what my two-year-old son taught me. I, I think he must have read the book of Proverbs. He did start reading very early. But we were driving somewhere, and, you know, the context is I was doing my doctorate, I was leading a church, and I was sleeping about five hours a night for three years. You know, we go on vacation, I have a stack of books. Anybody, anybody did that in graduate school, just books, 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 books? My poor wife, she did so much, and I studied. But I'm in the car, and I'm studying, and kind of, you know, all that, and I haven't slept well. See, I'm making excuses already. Making excuses. Did you pick that up? But anyway, I'm there. She's driving, as she normally does. I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm studying these books. And, and the little, little guy in the back is making some noises, and it's just kind of irritating me because I haven't slept well. Maybe I took prednisone. I don't know. And I'm just starting to get a little tense, and it kept going and going. I'm like, Annette, get that boy quiet down. And it just kept going and going. And finally, like, there was an eruption. I, I want to I compare it to vomiting because that's really about as unpleasant as it was. You ever done that? Like, sometimes you know what's coming. You're like, mm, mm, mm. This one, I didn't even know it was coming, man. Just out of nowhere, it's like, Bleh. I did not vomit on my son, but I did erupt on him. And I, you guys, I'm so embarrassed about this. But I, I share it because I know you guys, if we were to play your, your films, yeah, you, you, you've erupted as well. And so, anyway, I got so angry, it just welled up and whoosh, And I said, dag nabbit fleet. Ooh, the kid was two years old. He loved me. He looked to me as his dad, his hero. And I just annihilated him with my anger. And it didn't take more than about five seconds where the conviction of the Holy Spirit came on me. And I'm like, dear God, Lord, what have I just done to my son? You can do a million things wrong as a dad, but erupting and ripping the soul out of a two-year-old because you had to study your books is ridiculous. It is sin. And Fleet was traumatized by it. 
And I turned around and I looked at him because the conviction was starting to come on. And Fleet reached in his little plastic bowl that moms, you moms carry around for your kids. Cheerio, daddy. Like he didn't even understand it. All he knew is his dad was insanely crazy, blowing up mad, and he didn't know why. And he felt horrible and he just tried to comfort me. You guys, I felt like such a schmuck. That's Yiddish. I was a schmuck. A bad dad, an angry person. And you know what? Like, you don't just say sorry to that. When godly conviction comes on you, the only, the, the Bible says, um, godly sorrow leads to repentance, not to sorry. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. And as the Spirit of God convicted me, and it was heavy. I grew up in a house where there was fussing and fighting and pushing and that stuff, and I don't ever want to live there again. But I told the Lord, I'm like, Lord, heal me of this anger. I don't care what I'm studying. I don't care what my job is. It's irrelevant. My job is to love my kids. The Bible says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. So I went to a Christian bookstore. Remember those? And I went there, and I went to the section about anger and I got a bunch of books and I started reading them and they were all great and helpful but really it's here man it's here it's in the heart and I just I said Lord I don't want to be that person I don't want to that's not who you made me to be that's not who your son is and I don't want to terrify my children or anyone else and I sought some wise counsel I took action and if you're in anger this morning if you're in seething or if you've erupted what I'm going to say is do something about it. Don't just say sorry and keep repeating it. Do something about it. Call on the name of your mighty God. And so I'm here to confess to you that in that case and many other places, I've lost and I've erupted with anger. So there you go. Now, there is righteous and unrighteous anger. Remember I told you that? Righteous and unrighteous anger. What would be an example of righteous anger? When I'm mad at my wife. No. What's an example of righteous anger? Human traffickers. Human traffickers. Like, I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. Um, can I share with you like, something the Lord's been putting in my heart, and I don't quite know what to do with it, but I've been reading statistics about children and the number of children that are sexually abused and the number of children that are physically abused. Just sexual abuse alone, not counting physical abuse. One out of five girls, one out of, sorry, one out of four girls, one out of five boys. One out of four girls, one out of five boys, and that's the, what they know of. And then you add to that, on top of that, those who are physically abused. Doctors, nurses, you guys who work in ERs, you know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, one day I'm looking out, there's 256 kids here in this church on Sunday before COVID. And I think, Lord, statistics really don't lie. If they're 256, that means there's at least 15 to 20 more kids here that that's happening to right now. And so, friends, there is a place for righteous anger. There is. Um, I want to tell you this morning that I, honestly, before Jesus, I stand before him. I'm not mad at any of you right now. I'm not mad. I'm really not mad at anyone. I'm not mad at anyone, Why? except for the devil. I'm mad at him. Because he destroys lives. 
And, and specifically, one thing that's got me hacked off, yes, pastors like seats full and they'd like to have a full house because, you know, it's like going to a party. You have a party, you want everybody to come. But it's not that. The thing that I'm angry about this morning, I'm not angry at people, I'm ang- angry at Satan. I'm angry for the way he's beguiling over 200 of our members who used to come happily to the household of the Lord, who used to come happily, go on mission trips, and now they're nowhere to be found. And we reach out to them, and some say, day late and a dollar short. Had that one. Sometimes I think, we're not concierges. We're pastors. We're here to equip you. But I'm like, Lord, free our people from Satan's beguiling lies. And a lot of our, my friends even, they're like, no, we're good, we're good. You know, kind of got out of the habit in 14 months, we're good. And I'm not, honestly, y'all, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at the one who's lying to them. And I'm fearful for what this will mean down the road. And so, yes, there, there is some anger. There's righteous anger. Uh, the last one is, again, the number of kids that are abused. We should be angry about that, and we shouldn't just be angry. We should take action as a church. I don't know what God wants us to do, but we need to have listening ears. Okay, now we want to go to Proverbs and we want to look at uh, what the Bible teaches about anger. And we're going to have to do it really fast. So let's go outside of Proverbs, then we'll go inside of Proverbs. Outside first, three scriptures. What does God's word say about anger? Well, there's actually over 300 verses, but I've picked three from outside of Proverbs. Here we go. Ecclesiastes 7.9. It says, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the belly of fools. Don't be quick, right? It says, don't be quick in your spirit to become angry. Anger lodges in the bosom of a fool. Or this one, this is a great passage, James 1, 19 following. Know this, beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to hear. <laughs> slow to speak or type on Facebook. I added that part. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. And and here's why. Here's why the Bible tells us. It says, for the anger of man does not, it doesn't work. The anger of man, erupt on somebody, it doesn't work. It does not work out the righteousness of God. So very least we could say, yeah, everybody has anger, Uh, righteous and unrighteous anger but if you go to unrighteous anger please understand it doesn't work it's like a piece of broken glass one day when I was seized with anger the Lord said yeah mm -hmm. you ever seen a piece of broken glass that's like taking a piece of sharp broken glass with many sharp edges you throw it in your mouth you chew on it because I'm mad I'm mad at them and all you're doing is you're cutting yourself and bleeding yourself to death what is it Mark Twain said? I think I have this quote for you. He said, anger is an acid that could do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. And so we learn, be not quick in your spirit. Anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Be slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Effectively, it doesn't work. And finally, Ephesians 4.26 which is a strange verse to me. It says, imagine this. The scripture says, be angry. Wow. Be angry and do not sin. The thing I love about scripture is it's honest. The very fact that anger is mentioned 366 times in the Bible tells you what? Don't overthink it. What does it tell you? 
that God's people struggle with anger, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't keep talking about it. And what he's saying here is, yeah, you're going to get angry, but when that anger starts coming on you, don't sin. And it says, don't let your, the sun go down on your anger. In other words, don't give it a toehold. Because if you give it a toehold, it's going to get a foothold. You give it a foothold, it's going to get a stronghold. All of a sudden, it's going to wrap around your heart, and you're going to be a bitter, miserable person, and you're going to destroy and annihilate the people in your life. And so those are some passages outside of Proverbs. Now we turn to Proverbs. And I'll give you a little hint. The thing that keeps, they keep saying over and over and over again in Proverbs is, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. If you want to know what Proverbs says about anger, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. Let's look at some. Proverbs 14, 29 says this. Whoever is, thank, thank all three of you for listening. Uh, be slow to anger. Whoever is, uh, whoever is slow to anger actually has great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So slow to anger is the key there. The next one, Proverbs 15, says this. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Boy, have we seen that work? We'll get to that in a second. How about Proverbs 16, 32? It says this. Whoever is kind of hitting you with a bluefish over and over again. hope you get it, right? Okay, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit. The very fact that the Bible says he who rules his spirit tells you that believers possessed by the Holy Spirit actually have the ability to control them little selves. I always tell people, you're not a dog. You can control yourself. In Jesus' name, by the power of his spirit, you're not a dog. You can control your little self by the power of the spirit. So Proverbs 19 says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. And while these are powerful truths, both outside of Proverbs and inside, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that as we look at a couple other passages in Proverbs, it'll shed light on actually how do we avoid anger? Like when, when, when it starts welling up, what do you do with it? Or if somebody comes to attack you and pours their contempt or tees you up like a golf ball, what are we to do with it? It's one thing to say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Or positively, be slow to anger, be slow to anger, be slow to anger. But I need some help. Maybe you do as well. I need some help knowing how do I do that. Where's the power? If it's all on me, we're dead meat. If it's all on you, you're dead meat. Okay. So let's go to some practical helps. First one's Proverbs 19.11. If you have your Bible uh, or your app, it'd be way more fun if you actually read it yourself. So it says this, Proverbs uh, 19.11. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Amen. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And what's the rest of it? Because I lost it. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. And so we see that. Um, so, what is the first point? The first point is overlook an offense. Overlook an offense. Overlook an offense. In Jesus' name, by the power of his spirit, not your strength, you as a child of God have the strength to overlook an offense. You may choose not to, or you may choose to. 
But just like the jail cell was open and they were no longer locked down in the jail, Jesus has broken the lock. We don't have to live in a jail of bitterness and anger. The door's open. You can choose to overlook an offense. I see you guys do this. I've been to Kroger. That's why we no longer have Church of the Holy Spirit bumper stickers. Because some of our brethren and sisters drove very godly and very polite. And some of them not so much. But you know you pull into Kroger and you're waiting because there's a lot of people there and you, you got a space. And you're getting ready to turn in there and you've been waiting, which seems like 10 minutes. It's probably 30 seconds, but you've been waiting. And all of a sudden, some slick devil comes in and pulls in your space. Now, at that moment, you have a choice. You can walk in the spirit in love or you can not. And most of you, for those small things, you're like, ah, it's all right. Take my space. I'll drive across the parking lot and walk. That's no problem, right? So it's fairly easy to do in a parking lot. It may not be as easy to do on the highway. If you want to watch something today, Google road rage. You'll see about 100 compilations. I've seen people pull out guns, get in fistfights, do what they did in the, that thing, right? But, but what Proverbs is teaching us as a help for dealing with anger is, in Jesus' name, you have the power to overlook an offense. Somebody who doesn't have the spirit may not have that. But you as the children of God, if you are a child of God, you have that ability. Overlook an offense. Now, the question is, how do we have the power to do that? I can only tell you what I know. What I know is, when I'm really torqued off, when I'm really wrapped, was it bent around an axle? What's the expression? You know when I'm seeing red? Right? I can nurse it and I can feed it and I can tell lies to myself or let Satan lie to me or I can go stand under the cross and I can look at Jesus and I said, you know, Jesus, you tell us to forgive 70 times 7, but my, my count, I'm 60, almost 62 years old, you've forgiven me about a million and a half times. Who the heck am I to withhold forgiveness to somebody who sinned against me when I can, not only did I sin back in the old fraternity days, I continue to sin. I, I don't do the things the Lord asked me to every day. I fail to answer his call. I'm lazy. I'm selfish. And yet the Lord, it's, it's crazy. He still loves me. He still loves you. That is outrageous. That is ridiculous. And so if you want the power to break free, if you want the power to overlook an offense, it cannot come from within, within you. It can't. You don't have the ability outside of Jesus to do that. But with him, you're more than conquerors. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Christ has broken the lock. He's given you the power. So stand under the cross. Look at Jesus. Think of how he's forgiven you. And from that, you will be humbled to say, Father, forgive me. Let me show mercy as I have been showed mercy and as I'm being showed mercy and as I will continue to be shown mercy. That's where the power is. Number two, turn to Proverbs 15.1. Second helpful thing to deal with anger. Go to Proverbs 15.1. Here we go. This is awesome. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, let's don't just think of this in Bible land, okay? Let's think about this in real life. Imagine that you have a teenager 
okay? And they're pushing all your buttons. And buddy, they know where to find it. And in fairness to teenagers, the Bible warns us not to exasperate y'all. The Bible says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. But here we're learning that a soft answer turns away wrath. Have you ever had somebody just come at you and and my tendency when somebody does that, if I'm in the spirit, is one thing. But normally, somebody comes at me, I'm like, oh, yeah? Boom. You poke me with one finger, I'm going to poke you with two fingers. You poke me with three fingers, I'm going to poke you with four fingers. Do you know how that goes in your flesh? But, but the Lord's way is so practical, guys. This is like the, the most clear-cut thing to do with anger. When somebody is pouring their wrath on you, when somebody's teeing you up, rather than come at them and try to cut them back, just go, you know what? You say this to yourself, not to them. My security's in Jesus. My identity's in Jesus. Um, So you can rant, you can rave. I'm gonna speak kindly and softly to you. Do you ever see that work? Somebody's furious about something? Blah, blah, blah. I remember when I was a waiter. Any of y'all worked as a waiter or waitress? Maybe you screwed up the order, right? And they got hot because they're just mad. People are just mad in general, just mad. And they're rah, 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 rah. And so what I used to, we were trained to do this as waiters. We would come and say, I am so sorry. We messed up. It's our fault. And I'll tell you what, I'd like to bring you guys a free round of dessert or a free beverage or something. And I, I just want to apologize and, and say, we'll try to do better. You would not believe what that does. When you get this, you know, it's usually a guys, guys are mad. You do that, and all of a sudden, a soft answer turns away wrath. In Jesus' name, you have the power. You have the power to speak softly because your identity and your security is in Christ the heavenly, and the Heavenly Father. That's, that's your security. So you can take a lump. You can take one. Soft answer turns away wrath. Okay, third one, third principle. Go to Ephesians 4.32. Wait a minute, Quig, I thought you said it was all in Proverbs. It's supposed to be, but this verse actually summarizes what Proverbs says more indirectly. Go to Proverbs 4.32, I think it is. Okay, thank you, that's perfect. What did I say? All right, Ephesians. So it says this. This is the key for dealing with anger. So we're giving you three, right? The first one is... Uh, help me if you don't remember oh overlook an offense number two a soft answer turns away wrath the next one is this this is so important it says be kind and to one another and tender hearted okay I got that but here's, here's, here's the one you really want to hone in on it says forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you forgiving one another so if you want to know the power let me just free you all if it's up to you you don't have the strength you're not good enough, you're not kind enough, you're not loving enough, you're not selfless enough. In our flesh, our desire is to win, right, and to hurt back. But that's not who we are anymore. We are children of God. And so here we see in Ephesians 4.32, forgive one another. And what is the power? What's the power that drives that? What actually gives you the power to forgive somebody that honestly probably doesn't even deserve to be forgiven. The Lord's love for you. Who are, who are we when the Lord forgives you? 
I mean, can we make a list of, of your failures and your sins and your anger and the way you've erupted on people? And the Lord keeps forgiving and forgiving, not 70 times 7, 70 times 70 million. He forgives you over and over and over and over and over, but you can't forgive this person? Jesus says, that's a lie. You can. You have the power to do this. Look at me. Don't look at the, the mad person, the, the angry person. Look at me. Look how I have forgiven you. And then, as you've been shown mercy, show it to others. As Charlie Toll would say, if you've been shown mercy, you can't help it. You just can't help but show it to others because you've tasted it. And so, friends, we want to close down. I want to encourage you that if you struggle with anger, you're not a freak, okay? You're not a freak. You're a human. You're a person. All of us get mad. But Jesus will give us the power not to be a hostage to anger, not to allow it to wrap around our heart. But as we stare at him and consider his ridiculous mercy, then it breaks that and allows us to show mercy. Friends, that's the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.